As of 6 a.m. Geneva time today, China has reported 70,635 cases of COVID-19 to WHO, including 1,772 deaths. As of the date of this recording, February 18, 2020, there have been 1,873 deaths from the novel coronavirus, with only one case being found outside of China, in Hong Kong. The origin story of this coronavirus remains unclear, with some sources claiming that the first case was transmitted from exotic livestock at a fish market in Wuhan City in December 2019. The first pathogen was successfully isolated in January 2020, but it took the World Health Organization until February to settle on its official name, Coronavirus Disease 2019, abbreviated COVID-19. This was to ensure that the name would not make reference to an already marginalized region or group, as in Middle East Respiratory Syndrome or Gay-Related Immunodeficiency, as AIDS used to be called. Later in our podcast, we'll discuss some of the social implications of COVID-19. But first... Here's our guest, Dr. Michael Silverman, talking about the characteristics of the virus and the current state of the outbreak. So I'm uh, Dr. Michael Silverman, and I'm an infectious disease specialist here at St. Joseph's Hospital and London Health Sciences Center. So there are many different types of coronaviruses. There are four that are commonly seen that cause a root, the routine common cold. They cause about 10 to 30% of all common colds. There are now three different human coronaviruses that are much more uh, of, of much greater significance. There, of course, was SARS coronavirus, which caused the severe acute respiratory syndrome and, and a major outbreak that happened in 2002. There's MERS, M-E-R-S, CoV coronavirus, which is Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, uh, which is still going on at, at a, a, a low incidence, but still happening, particularly in the Middle East. And then there's the novel coronavirus, which uh, is the cause of the recent outbreak in China with uh, some, some uh, limited spread around the world. People not familiar with the jargon of epidemiology have been screaming, PANDEMIC! Actually, that is the name of a game that experienced a massive surge of traffic during this outbreak and had to issue a warning to its player base that the game is not a legitimate source of information. Because, as Dr. Silverman mentioned, there currently isn't a lot of evidence to suggest that the virus is spreading out of control in many places outside of China. Well, an enormous amount has been done to try to control the outbreak. Um, the most has been done by the uh, authorities in China. The extent of the uh, restrictions on movement and restrictions on, uh, on people's behavior to try to control the transmission is unprecedented. And we're hopeful that with this, they'll be able to prevent uh, further spread around the world. But uh, this is really a new, uh, of course, it's a new virus, and it, the, the extent of the control measures is new, and so it's hard to know if they'll, be, if they'll be able to control this. The Trump administration is following China in enforcing travel restrictions. Travelers from China are not permitted to enter the United States unless they are U.S. citizens. And even citizens who have traveled to Hubei province are subject to screening and quarantine up to 14 days. 
So China is exerting a great deal of control over the flow of people in and out of the country. But it's not just the flow of people, it's also the flow of information. Recently, a Wuhan doctor named Li Wenliang blew the whistle on the reality of the situation and died after being infected with coronavirus himself. But do a lot of people who get the virus actually die? So the death rate per person who's infected with the novel coronavirus seems to be lower. However, more people are getting infected. So although the percentage who die from it are, is lower, the total number of deaths is greater. And the, because a lot of people get very mild infection, um, paradoxically, that could make it harder to control because those people can move about in society and transmit, uh, whereas if people who get infected all get very sick, they go to hospital, and it's easier to control and prevent spread when you can use all the resources of a hospital to do that. So the total number of deaths from uh, the novel coronavirus has now exceeded the number of deaths from SARS, but the percentage of people who die from SARS was greater. But much fewer people actually got SARS than have, got, uh, than have uh, acquired the novel coronavirus. At a briefing on February 17th, the World Health Organization's Director General stated the following, Greater than 80% of those infected with COVID-19 have a, quote, mild disease and will recover, end quote. A much smaller number, around 2%, will die from the infection. In comparison, SARS, or Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, had a fatality rate of around 10%, and MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, 34%. Though, when comparing absolute numbers, COVID-19 comes out on top with 1,873, compared to MERS with 858 and SARS with 774. While it's easy to get swept up in the COVID-19-related statistics regarding hospitalizations and death rates, some point out that we're blowing things out of proportion simply due to the fact that COVID-19 is, well, novel. Take this for example. 10,000 people have died this winter from seasonal influenza in the US alone, and worldwide, hundreds of thousands of people die each year. Although, comparisons between COVID-19 and influenza are based on incomplete data. Of the 70,000 people diagnosed with a COVID-19 infection, 90% of cases are still ongoing, resulting in neither recovery nor death. Yet. All in all, does it make sense for someone to fear COVID-19, but at the same time, refuse to get vaccinated for the seasonal flu? Well, people tend to um, discount uh, things that they know, and they've been, you know, influenza has been with us for millennia, and people underestimate uh, the virulence of influenza. And as you point out, the vaccination is critical to prevent spread and to prevent death. And influenza has caused far more deaths than the novel coronavirus. So people are more frightened of what's new. But getting vaccinated and uh, washing your hands regularly is very important to um, prevent influenza and also will help prevent coronavirus. Uh, the, the vaccination won't help coronavirus, but the um, uh, washing your hands uh, can help to prevent acquisition of coronaviruses. People have been more creative about their methods of keeping coronavirus at bay. Like, 
cutting out eye holes in a surgical mask and putting it on their cat, but they don't trust surgical masks to protect themselves from the virus. After all, these masks are designed to block viruses transmitted through liquid droplets. Particles can still get around the mask into your nose and mouth, and they can actually go through the mask material, or they can go into your eyes. So, poor kitty. That's why people are looking to Amazon for N95 respirator masks. They're not very effective if you haven't got them fitted specifically for your face. Doctors who work in high-risk environments for airborne diseases undergo what's called N95 respirator fit tests at the hospital. So, face masks are, are helpful in preventing acquisition of coronavirus, but only if people are at significant risk. So, outside of China, uh, and particularly outside of healthcare settings where people have significant exposure, wearing a mask is not helpful and, in fact, um, uh, can be harmful to the overall response because so many people are buying masks who are really at no risk and, therefore, there are uh, inadequate masks left over for the people who are at risk. So uh, there are shortages and needs for rationing of personal protective equipment in China. And so people who really need this are not able to get it because people who don't need it are, 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 are buying up all the stocks. And so in the long run, that could put all of us at more risk because it could make it harder to control the epidemic and make it more likely that it spreads around and is an actual threat to these people who are taking measures when there's no threat. So we want to discourage people from, you know, in, in countries where there is no significant transmission of novel coronavirus. And really, outside of China, the, there is no significant community-wide transmission. Uh, we want to discourage them from purchasing masks just to, quote, be on the safe side because it could make us all less safe. Some Canadians who fear COVID-19 aren't just wearing masks to protect themselves against the virus. They're also employing a questionable defense strategy called Sinophobia, or anti-Chinese sentiments. For example, an asymptomatic healthcare worker in Winnipeg, Manitoba was taunted by his colleagues to go home and stop spreading the virus. He was the only Chinese person in his workplace. The fear extends to civilians' day-to-day -day habits, including what restaurants they go to and which neighborhoods they frequent. A Chinese restaurant in Markham, Ontario called Wuhan Noodle 1950 experienced a sharp decline in their clientele after news broke out about COVID-19. Chinese people are not only being labeled as infected, but just generally dirty and unclean. A video of a Chinese woman eating bat soup is being circulated as evidence to support the idea that Chinese people started the outbreak by eating quote-unquote revolting food, which just isn't true. Toronto Mayor John Tory voiced his concerns over this discrimination facing the Chinese-Canadian community. I've been very troubled uh, to uh, hear of reports, one as recently as at lunchtime today, of people treating our Chinese-Canadian community differently, that they in some way are being or should be shunned or quarantined or suggesting Chinese businesses should be avoided. That kind of stigmatization is wrong, it is ill-founded, and in fact, 
could lead to a situation where we are less safe because it spreads misinformation at a time when people are in more need than ever of real information and real facts. Some people, however, are spreading misinformation not from a place of fear or hatred. They're just doing it for the memes, the likes, the clout. They think it's funny. The following clip describes an incident that took place in New York earlier this month. Bizarre subway incident. Two pranksters in biohazard suits carrying a container with liquid inside, leading their fellow passengers, their strap hangers there, to assume it was the coronavirus, which they accidentally spilled. It was a hoax done for laughs. In, in social media, there, are pos there have been positive effects and there have been negative effects. So a lot of the posts have been very helpful, getting information out, getting the message out, as you know, even the initial attempts to disseminate the message about the existence of the epidemic um, were via social media. And so um, that's been very helpful. And, and even um, researchers who are, are promoting their research and letting people know about what they found through social media. So, so that's very helpful. That said, there are some posts that have been more than a little bit unhelpful. So some conspiracy theories, etc., that have been disseminated and have been uh, extremely unhelpful. And there's been some um, people who have uh, put out some xenophobic posts, but they, they seem to be the minority. The majority seems to be helpful. In the earlier stages of the epidemic, a case report published on January 30th in the New England Journal of Medicine described what many fear might be true about COVID-19, the potential for it to be transmitted from an apparently healthy person. The report describes a 33-year-old, previously healthy man who developed flu-like symptoms after a business meeting with a colleague from China four days prior. While the original case report describes the colleague as asymptomatic at the time of the meeting, Officials in Germany have shared another version of the story in which she had muscle pains and fatigue. In both versions, she tests positive for COVID-19 days later. Until further findings are established, the true nature of whether or not COVID-19 can be spread asymptomatically remains unclear. Well, I think that there's a lot of interesting things yet to find. We're early on, but it, 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 the, the methods of transmission are still being worked out. So we know that it can be spread by direct contact, by droplets, people coughing and droplets that fall. But, you know, it, it has been surprisingly tricky to clarify definitively whether people who have no symptoms can still transmit. It looks like the vast majority of transmissions are occurring from people who are symptomatic. And so clarifying whether asymptomatic people can transmit Usually it is all by droplet, but there seems to be a rare occasion where people possibly can transmit it by airborne, but that's rare. These are, are, are things that still need to be worked out. And um, uh, we, we had the same issues with SARS and MERS-CoV. I think there's a lot left to be learned. And the, what the other very interesting thing is how we all... You know, the One Health concept that we all uh, interact with animals, etc., and and animals interact with us, and how uh, infections in animals can uh, impact humans and vice versa.
The COVID-19 outbreak is a rapidly evolving story, and some of the information presented in this podcast may become factually inaccurate in a matter of days. This is why it's important for all of us, especially if you're in the healthcare field, to keep up to date with daily briefings from the World Health Organization and reliable media outlets. Nevertheless, I think there are lessons to be learned from this outbreak that will remain valuable as new evidence emerges. If you like this episode, be sure to follow us on social media to learn about other topics like science misinformation, antibiotic resistance, or acne myths. We would like to thank Dr. Silverman for his contribution to this episode. I'm your host, Hugh Kim. This episode was written by me and Mary Nguyen.